to remember. So many things to do. So much at this time of year. I mean, trying to get a tree. Oh, they must have all been sold out before I got there. And I just managed to find some old crackers in the loft. Oh, yeah, by the way, happy Christmas, everybody. Sorry? Yeah, did Father Christmas come for you? It's what? It's Easter. So it's not Christmas. Have I got it wrong? Well, it's just so confusing. I mean, how are you meant to know? Everything's getting confused. You can get Easter crackers. I kid you not, available at large retail outlets. People are decorating Easter trees. And, and to top it all, come here, Mr. Watts. Would you kindly remove your jumper for me? I'm not the only one. Andy is confused too. And it turns out that there's a bit of a trend going. Us grown-ups are finding it really, really hard to know whether we're coming or going, whether it's... Well, goodness knows when it's meant to be Easter. They pick a different day every year. How am I meant to know it's Easter? I come across this three-year-old. She's, she's confused as well. Just listen to her. Dad, are you painting a face on an egg? Yes, I am. Have you lost your mind? No, it's for Easter. Oh, Easter. Right, okay. What's wrong with Easter now? I just don't understand what it's all about. Why do they give me chocolate? How do you mean? When I ask for chocolate, Mum says, no, 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 not good for you. Sometimes you give me more chocolate, what I can eat. Like when? Easter, Halloween, Christmas, my birthday. Okay, okay. The country has gripped by obesity. Other celebrations have loads of chocolate. I suppose you're right. I don't get the characters either. What characters? The Easter characters. We learned all about Easter at nursery. Yeah. Are Easter Bunny and Jesus best pals? Well, not really. Is Easter Bunny in the Bible? Does, does he carry a basket of eggs all the time? Well, the thing is, he's not really in the... Does Jesus totally love chocolate then? Well, the thing is, Easter Bunny's not really in the Bible. What do you think, Jesus? His favourite chocolate is? Uh, I, don't, I don't think he had a favourite. My favourite's buttons. Listen, Isla, lots of people believe lots of different things, but the most important thing is that we have fun together. You know what I really don't get? What's that? Bunnies don't even lay eggs. <laughs> so it turns out there's quite a few of us who are a little bit confused about Easter. So... I wonder if you can help me. Um, obviously, I'm not meant to get crackers. I'm not meant to get Christmas trees at Easter. W- what am I meant to get at Easter? Eggs. Is that why we have these eggs down here? What, like this egg here? I- I'll just take the biggest. Is that all right? So why do we have eggs? To remind us of new life. That's one really good reason. Why else do we have eggs? Why do we have chocolate eggs? Because they're yummy. (laughs) You're right there, Claire. Chocolate eggs are yummy. I quite like real eggs as well, but chocolate eggs... What do you think's inside my egg? Is there anything in there? 
It's empty. My egg is empty. I mean, what is the point of that? Because of the empty tomb. You're absolutely right. Some people say we have eggs because it reminds us of new life. Some people say, actually, it's a little bit like the stone that goes across and sealed the tomb so that nobody could get to Jesus' body. But other people say, it's because it's empty. It is like the tomb. It's an empty tomb. Now, if you're my bestest best friend, you can come and help yourself to my empty tomb chocolate afterwards. But empty, empty is such a funny word, isn't it, to, to be celebrating. I mean, empty. You don't normally have empty as a thing that you go, hey, that's really good. I mean, when I go to the cash machine to get all my money out of the bank, and there's that little sign on the cash machine that says, we are terribly sorry. We seem to have run out of money. We are empty. Your nearest cash machine is five miles walk that way. Or you jump in the car just after your daughter's used it and you go to go somewhere and there's this little red light that says, you're almost empty. <laughs> You've got no fuel. You're going to have to go and find uh, some, some fuel. Or maybe, maybe you've been really enjoying a packet of crisps and you go to reach in for another crisp and oh, that feeling that they've run out. They seem to run out quicker these days. Empty. Or again, if you're a parent, you know this feeling when you go to go to your wallet. And it's empty. I mean, empty's not a great word, really, is it? It's always very negative. You, know, you, you can have empty feelings. You can feel lonely and empty. You can feel emptiness. And yet, we're celebrating empty. And the reason we are celebrating empty is this. Because Easter Sunday equals empty tomb equals hope. And we'll talk about more of that in a minute. Oh, sorry, I meant to do this bit. I told there was so much to remember. <laughs> now we've worked out it's Easter. Let's sing a real proper Easter hymn. Thine be the glory. Please stand. Let's worship together. Girls, I'm just going to move these eggs and I'm going to put them next to you for safekeeping because I know I can trust you. And there's a reason for that and that's because I've been standing there singing and I just noticed that Vanessa's bought all these lovely plants from her garden and obviously in her garden she also has ants. <laughs> and there's at least one ant that's going, I can smell chocolate. I'm sure it's chocolate. Okay. We're going to look a little more at, um, at Easter and what Easter means, and, and the fact that we have this empty tomb. But it turns out that the confusion doesn't just stop with me, or the little three-year-old from Scotland. I don't know if you saw this, but this is a report that was in uh, BBC News, on the BBC News website last week. This I find fascinating. Apparently, when it comes to the belief in the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and I don't know if you can see all this data here, but, uh, okay, there's general public that some of them believe it and some of them don't. That's fine. The reason uh, some people that would call themselves Christians, and most of them believe it, and uh, some of them aren't for sure. But then there's these active Christians. And there are people that either don't believe or don't know. 
I mean, he is risen. Oh, thank goodness for that. Because I'm telling you, without that one fact, without the fact of the tomb being empty, and therefore our faith in the risen Christ, we may as well go home. There is just no point. You can turn the lights on a little bit more if you like, Phil, because then I can read my notes. <laughs> that would be great. Was Jesus' tomb found empty after the crucifixion? I tell you, if not, Christianity is the greatest lie in history. If this tomb is not empty, you can give up. There is no hope. Because on Easter Sunday equals the empty tomb equals hope. And let's talk about that hope. Just to, um, oh, it's already up there. Well done, Paul, you've arrived. Paul wrote, and if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile and you are still in your sins. Without that hope, we are still lost in our sins, says Paul to the church of the in Corinth. Let's just think a little bit more about those characters that you drew in the story today and how they felt when they first... Well, let's just go back a little bit, in fact. I'm going to read a few verses before the verses that we got today and some of the verses that were picked up um, last week as well. And it talks about the women. Have you noticed that in this story? It talks about the women a lot. And I don't think there's much... I think God's used these women in a really special way. And I don't think that's a coincidence at all. They'd been there at the foot of the cross. They'd seen Jesus die. They'd seen him taken down from the cross. And the women who had come with Jesus, it says in chapter 23, verse 55, the women who'd come with Jesus from Galilee followed Joseph and saw the tomb and how his body was laid in it. Then they went home and prepared spices and perfumes. But they rested on the Sabbath in obedience to the commandment. They rested because they couldn't do anything on Saturday. It was actually the Passover. Can you imagine how they were feeling? They'd gone through all of that this week. Seeing their bestest ever, ever bestest friend die. And they knew he was dead. They saw him put in the tomb. And then they, they sit down at the table and there's an empty space. And do you know we were talking about empty? I think empty is the one word that sums all of this up. They felt really empty. They'd seen him suffer. They'd seen him die. They seen him buried, and they went home feeling empty. Who else do we see in the story other than the women? The apostles. Anyone in particular? Name begins with a per. Peter. I like Peter. He's one of my favourite disciples. Peter had had a bit of a week. You know what he'd done earlier that week, or just a little bit before? He cut off the ear of a, of a servant of the high priest. He got a bit angry. Jesus was about to be arrested, and he drew his sword, and he cut the guy's ear off. 
Jesus had to pick it up and mend it. Like only Jesus could do. He then got it really wrong. And he denied Christ. And you can remember what, what happened when he did it the third time. The cock crowed. Can you think how he felt then? How empty he must have felt. How confused. How he just couldn't do it. And then right at the end of this story, right at the end of chapter 24, he goes to see for himself. He'd listened to the women, and actually it says this about the women. It says, it was a complete nonsense. They were talking nonsense. They didn't believe them. So he went to check it out for himself. And when he got there and he found the two empty, he just went, I don't know. He's left wondering to himself. How do you think he felt? But he found the empty tomb. So back to this question, was the tomb empty? Well, let me just give you three reasons why I think, just in the way that this story is written, we can confirm that the tomb is empty. Firstly, and I said there's a significance to the women, it was found initially empty by the women. Now, today, when we have International Women's Day and we have equal rights and laws that say that women and men, no difference, we wouldn't think anything of it. But actually, you've got to go back to first century Palestine. You've got to remember how the women would have been viewed in that time. Do you know what? Women were not considered credible witnesses. If you had somebody that came to court and you wanted to bring a witness to that person in court, you wouldn't choose a woman because everyone ever she's a woman. It doesn't count. They were seen as being intellectually less. I'm sorry, women. That's how it was. Why then, if you were writing this gospel and the other gospels, if you were Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and you were writing down this story, why would you pick the women to be the ones to go find the empty tomb first if it wasn't the truth? Because if you wanted to make up a nice story to start this wonderful new religion called Christianity, you'd pick a man. You wouldn't pick a woman. So that's the first really strange reason why I believe the tomb was empty, because the women found it empty. Second thing is this. Christianity started where? Big city. Jerusalem. I'm glad you're still awake. Jerusalem was the place where Jesus was buried. So, the disciples start this little thing called Christianity. It starts getting a bit troublesome and the religious leaders don't like it much. If you were the religious leader in Jerusalem when this trouble started, wouldn't you just say, sorry, you're saying you're, um, your Jesus has been raised from the dead. One moment, let me go and get the body out of the tomb. Here he is. You can't. The religious leaders knew the tomb was empty. That's the second reason. This tomb was empty. Because actually you couldn't start Christianity in the place where the key evidence wasn't. Does that make sense? 
had to start it anywhere, but you couldn't start it if the body existed in the tomb because they would go and get it. And the third thing is this. Actually, it says it in Matthew's Gospel, Matthew 28. And it says that the Jews were claiming that dis- the disciples had stolen the body. Okay. So they knew there wasn't a body. The tomb was empty, but this stuff was all started and they wanted to put a stop to it. So they simply said, they've stolen the body. Well, the very fact that they claim this, the very fact that they started that rumour, proves the fact that the Jewish leaders knew the tomb was empty. So I can say to you with all certainty that regardless of where my faith is, regardless of what I believe, that tomb was empty. The question is, what's our response? What do we do because the tomb is empty? Do we see hope? in the empty tomb? Do we look back and perhaps think about the words that Jesus said before he died? What he told them was going to happen. And do we say, yes, he is risen. He is risen indeed. Well, let's just come back to Peter, who was at the end of our our chapter. He was kind of wondering. He was a little bit confused, though. He didn't quite, hadn't taken it all in. And actually, We have the privilege, we know the ending. We've got chapter 25, uh, the rest of chapter 24. There is no chapter 25. The rest of chapter 24, and Peter, our Peter, will be taking us through that next week. Come back and hear the very end. But let me just share a couple more verses from other parts in the Bible. And the first one is from Peter's letter, his first letter, and it says, In God's great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peter got it. He may have been confused on that first Sunday. He may have been looking into the tomb and wondering. He may have been fearful and went, wow, how did this ever happen? But he knows the truth. Come back to what Luke wrote Acts. So we're studying Luke at the moment. God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep hold of him. thing about Easter is it confuses a lot of people. But it's the one thing as Christians we have to be certain about. And if you find Easter difficult to understand, if you find it, if you find you're like Peter and you're wondering, well take heart because he was there. He, he spent three years with Jesus by his side. He got involved and saw all the miracles, including the last one, which was to, to fix an ear that he'd accidentally chopped off a, a servant's head. And yet he found it difficult and he found it confusing. And I share a short video, just as we wonder for ourselves. A little depiction of perhaps how Peter and John felt on that first Sunday. Peter, stop! We'll get the guys to help with the search and then we'll divide up, all right? We'll have Andrew take the north, Bartholomew will take the bottom. Peter, stop! Look, I'm just as confused about this as you are. Someone stole him. That's the only logical explanation, John. Wait, 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 okay? Look, what we witnessed today, 
the guards, they took him. We have to move swiftly. We have to rebury the body properly. Peter, stop! Okay. We need to go tell the others. Tell them what? What we saw. We saw nothing. Exactly. John, do you not understand that they are trying to stop us? That's why Jesus kept waking us up to pray. That's why they got to Judas. That's why... That's why they arrested Jesus. Just the other day, I was looking at him. I was looking him in the eye and I, and I told him that I loved him and that I would follow him to the ends of the earth. He was supposed to be our king. He is the king. When we were in the tomb, I remember something Jesus said. The linens were just lying there. They, they, they were just lying there. No, no. Think bigger. Look, all of this, all of it was supposed to be preparing us for this moment, for that empty tomb. We just couldn't see it. Couldn't see what? Okay. When Mary came back and said that the tomb was empty and that the angel of the Lord was there, that's when it started to come back. John, enough. We can reminisce about this later. Jesus is missing. We have to go find him. He's not missing. That's the point. Look, he was trying to tell us about this. Jesus was preparing us for this. He's risen. Peter, he's a different kind of king, and he always was. Peter, you remember that night? Jesus asked us who we thought he was? When he called me Satan? Yeah. Yeah, I called him... Lord. Lord. Lord of all, Peter. We just didn't understand. But he's gone. No. He's risen. He did it. 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 Peter, he's risen. He's risen. He's risen. He's risen. He did it. Do you hear that world? He's risen. He's risen. He's risen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the day that we have today that allows us to celebrate the empty tomb. Lord, we thank you that that is indisputable. Lord, more than that, we thank you for the way that you prepared guys like Peter and John and the way that we have those Gospels written that we can understand more fully how it is that you have done what it is that you've done for us. You've raised Jesus from the dead. Father, we celebrate that with great joy in our hearts. We do so knowing that this is the foundation of our relationship with you. We do so knowing that, yes, we might get confused, we might get worried, we may have difficult days, but ultimately, Lord, we do so and we worship you because you did it. You continue to do it. 
for what we are even yet to do wrong. You've already done it. You've already saved us from our sins. So Lord, as we sing in this moment, as we raise a praise to you this Easter Sunday, we do so with great thankfulness and joy in our hearts. And we do so shouting out to the world, He is risen. He is risen indeed. Amen. We're going to stand and we're going to sing the greatest day in heaven.